All right, Underground, this is uh, week three in this little mini-series called The Four Ps of Spiritual Family. I'm not going to do a long intro this time. If you haven't uh, listened to the first two episodes of this series, uh, you can go back and hear all the overviews there. Uh, so this week, we're jumping into the conversation around place. This is the... Um, oh, I got Siri triggered, didn't I? <laughs> Siri had no idea what you were saying. Sorry, Siri. Pay better attention. Um, All right, jumping into place. The question on this P of the four P's of spiritual family is where has God placed you? I'm going to stop talking. The smarter of the two people here is going to jump in. (laughs) Good, Absolutely not. I appreciate you uh, reminding me that I should not judge myself so harshly. Go ahead. Four P's. (laughs) Absolutely. Again, thank you for the invite. Uh, Grateful to be here. So place, again, um, recognizing our context, east side of Kansas City, Missouri. Some would say for a long time it was a forgotten place. Um, For about eight years, Stephanie and I lived in the Ivanhoe neighborhood in Kansas City, Missouri. Ivanhoe is a neighborhood that experienced significant injustice. Um, 71 Highway splits Ivanhoe right through the middle of the neighborhood. When that happened, it was around a a time when the crack cocaine epidemic was at its height. The police would not venture into Ivanhoe. And then on top of that, where they had blown out those homes, it sat sat empty for close to two decades. And people will come and just dump their trash in that area. And actually that still happens to this day. Folks from the suburbs will come and dump their trash in our community. So it's not just us (laughs) that dump our trash. Uh, Outside groups come. Um, So place is important because um, I believe as spiritual families, as individuals, it's important for us to acknowledge where God has placed us. As you read through scripture, you see places named all the time. The first place being the garden. God placed man in the garden and told men and women to care for it, care for the place. Um, Our native indigenous sisters and brothers, they continue to remind us about creation care, not extraction, um, but care and stewardship. Even stewardship can be a problematic word, but still care is crucial to us. So at New Community, um, we make sure that we're intentional and try to cultivate this theology of place. Um, As we um, try to cultivate uh, this holistic, the holistic implications of the gospel. Um, So we encourage our people to be intentional where they are, um, not to add more activity, (laughs) right? But where are you already placed? Um, How can you um, be intentional and cultivate spiritual family in your school, uh, your dorm room, the coffee shop where you find yourself? the block that you're on, in your home, wherever you find yourself, your workplace, um, where, wherever you find yourself, um, how do you be intentional in that place? And and understanding the story of that place. I've already shared a little bit about the story of the neighborhood that um, Stephanie and I uh, are raising our family um, with Santa Fe being a neighborhood where African-Americans couldn't move to. Um, that now being a historical neighborhood, actually found out there's actually a documentary on our neighborhood. Uh, PBS did it, um, but um, our neighborhood is historical, um, and in Ivanhoe also having a rich history. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think we're a place, 
may not be one that many of us consider, but I think is is very important. Again, looking at the examples through scripture where God's people, those who were freed from bondage um, in Israel, in Egypt, wherever the Lord led them, you know, they would set up memorials. They would remember those places where God showed up and did something significant. Um, so I think that should be our same practice to this day. Um, how has God shown up in this place? What has God done? And then what injustices exist in this place? And how do we join God in making those things right? How do we be about the work of uh, repentance and repair and reconciliation in this place? Um, so that's why we've named this as one of our P's. Oh man, that's that's so good. Um, yeah, it makes me think of the again the Jeremiah passage, which we've already mentioned. The the when it flourishes, you will find your flourishing. Yes, like God is directly tying our own flourishing to the place of like when it flourishes. I I mean, I don't want to speak out of turn or add something to scripture but would the inverse not be true absolutely if it doesn't flourish you're not gonna flourish like there's there's i think we've so disconnected ourselves from land yes um and I, i think you're highlighting that even um as you mentioned that with indigenous peoples that would would push us back into that space but we've so disconnected ourselves from land I talk I I talk sometimes you know about where I'm from in the southeast and I love that place and you know but like it's so easy to move now and our stories are not tied necessarily to like well my family's been on this this place for this long that's also a very like if I'm just gonna say it's usually a very privileged thing to say our family's been here this long Mm. um it's been easy for us to pass it down in other words uh yeah but also like as we step into other spaces places to value the history that is there and it's important to know like if i bring this in and do this in this space because i think it's going to be good and be meaningful um sorry I just hit mute because the motorcycle drove by. <laughs> um, is it going to be offensive? Is it going to bring up some historical trauma that I'm, I'm, un- you know, it's like I need to know about these things so that I don't do something that like actively works against me from being good news to to the people in this place. Absolutely. And, you know, as you say that, a network that we're connected to is Christian Community Development, um, which is uh, all about place um, and how we as disciples of Jesus live with intention in the places where we find ourselves. And a good friend of mine, Pastor Jonathan Brooks, he wrote a book called um, uh, Church. Oh, my goodness. What's the name of the book? It will come back to me. Um, but his, he's from the south side of Chicago in Inglewood community. And he just writes in his book, he talks about just the importance of a place. But he, he uses the Jeremiah text. Um, but he himself is interesting um, because it's he's from Inglewood, but he wanted to leave. Right? He wanted to leave the place. 
but God told called him back to stay and remain because recognizing like no his thri his thriving is rooted in the thriving of this place um so exactly is exactly right I think land is I mean we 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 have we're a culture of hyper consumption um so when we think of land it's like what can we get out of it but when you look at scripture again, you look at the practice of Jubilee and you look at how God instructed um, Israel to allow the land to rest. Um, Church Forsaken, that's right. Um, so, yeah, incredible book, Church Forsaken. So, yeah, encourage anyone who's listening in to connect with the Christian Community Development Association, pick up Pastor Jay's book, Church Forsaken, inc incredible resource. Um, but yeah, couches that in Jeremiah 29. Um, you know, and, and even as I think about my own personal story, <clears throat> you know, I grew up in London, but my family is Jamaican. I have memories of going back to the land where my mother grew up. I remember as a kid being on these dirt roads, <laughs> they're all farmers. They grow yam. Um, so um, I went out there last year, was able to spend time out there. And so I'm on my own journey of reconnecting with the land of my people. I'll actually be back out there next week to be in, on, on that land. And it did something to me, like just being back there. So there is something sacred about place, about land. Um, so I think, again, this P, place, is an invitation for us to to go back to that and honor the land because at the end of the day it's creation it's god's creation and we're to steward it well yeah and i think even as we look futuristic right like yeah. there's a heaven's not some ethereal thing <laughs> right. floating on clouds you know and like there's a as as you know, the the more that I've understood the biblical narrative and um you know realize how rich it is. It's like the the kingdom coming is heaven meeting earth and a recreation. Yeah. Creation like there's a place that exists. There's a new Jerusalem. There is like all things will be well. There is the it's not back to eden it's better than eden <laughs> i guess I don't, I don't even know how to add it how did god not create per anyway it's yeah. it's this um yeah place is so important and it's so important for us to understand why the the beautiful things that already exist in those spaces yeah. but then yeah also understanding the injustices of those spaces and how we speak directly into them yeah so let me ask you, like, make this episode very practical as well. Again, I'll do the thing where I ask a question and I'll tell an example and give you some time to think on it. But like, how do you learn about place? Um, I think about the story that Michelle um, Wegner went through in understanding Shawnee, Johnson County. Um, man, she just, I don't know. She picked up books, went to libraries, asked questions. And the way that she's able to explain the history of Shawnee and Johnson County and like what it's rooted in these to these two different Methodist ministers and their different practices and the way one took advantage of the people that lived here, um, just all, all of the the history behind it. It's like our place is rooted in these stories mm -hmm. and and 
And I would say too, for those that are, that don't think this way, you can do your own research on it, but like, you can't just go, well, that was back then and it doesn't matter to now. Like that's just not true. There's a story that was written and a people came out of it and things were perpetual and we're perpetuating things now. Yeah. And it, it like we have to wake up to like as we perpetuate things in a place, huh? we're not thinking like you said in the last episode about the way our grandkids are going to inherit it. Yep. So how do you ask these questions? How do you learn about a place? How do you do that well? I don't know. Yeah, that's great. Great question. Um, and I would say what Michelle did um, is exactly what I would suggest. Um, I read. I have had to read a ton about Kansas City. Um, and there are a ton of great books. Um, and over time, there's even a tour that can take you through the city. Um, <clears throat> so besides reading books, visiting libraries, learning about historical sites, um, I would also say spend time with the elders of the place. Um, who are the folks who have been there? So as I walk the kids through the neighborhood, I spent time on Miss Rosemary Lowe's um, front porch with her son found out that her son was the first African-American kid to go to the local high school, all right? So spending time with the elders, hearing the stories, finding out um, what the neighborhood was like 50, 60 years ago. So we can do those things, connecting with people. And I think also a way to learn about a place um, is understanding the policies that have created that place. Um, this is where we start getting a little bit political, but I really believe part of our, you know, if we say that politics in its simplest definition is the ordering of society, I think Jesus cares about how society is ordered, <laughs> right? Ultimately, Jesus is Lord, Jesus is King. So Jesus cares how things are, <laughs> are ordered. Um, ultimately, the Lord is in control, but there are people who um, have been entrusted with the work of creating policies and systems and structures that impact place and people. So a way that I have learned about place is understanding what policies shape the place that I live in, what policies are in place that are going to impact us as a community and as a people. Um, so um, I would encourage anyone um, who's wanting to go on that journey, learning about their place, read, read books, also listen to the stories of elders, and then speak to those city council members, um, for, you know, wherever your um, politicians may be, you know, city council, state reps, wherever the case may be, and, and spend some time with them and understand like what policies are in place. Because there's a reason why a community looks the way it does. There, there's a reason why when you come to my neighborhood, it doesn't look like Shawnee, Kansas. Why is that? You know, it's just like, okay, let's do some research here. So I think um, entering that research and that work from a place of curiosity and not defensiveness or insecurity or fear would also be a good posture. Um, I would encourage folks like, okay, how do you enter a place from a place of curiosity? Curious, holy, humble curiosity, not fear, not, um, you know, not insecurity, not guilt, not defensiveness. Um, and I think once you have that information, then the question is, how does what I now know 
be informed by the kingdom. Mm. How does the kingdom inform this? Not, not what um, society tells me, social media, what political party, you know, what the left or the right, none of those things. Yeah, or even personal preference. Or personal preference, yeah. Um, how does... And, and again, this is an invitation for being for neutrality. Jesus is a neutral. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. This, is, this, is, this isn't where I'm like, okay, I'm just trying to, you know, be, be you know, there's a book called Radical Reconciliation. <laughs> and I think there's a tagline about, you know, avoiding cultural quietism. This isn't about that. Um, this is about really doing that work of engaging in the kingdom based on now what I know about this place. So we as followers of Jesus, we have to do this work of understanding the places where we find ourselves. Yeah, I love that phrase, you know, holy curiosity. Yeah. Step into it with a holy curiosity to go like, why does this place look like this? Why is it shaped this way? And again, you know, like to tie some of these things together, that that prayer walking piece. Yeah. We have some friends that are like, hey, when you prayer walk, take this take a sheet of paper, take a journal with you, mm -hmm. write down I our friend Lee Price. I just know he writes down this, um, this, uh, or he was kind of coaching us on it. And he was like, you know, if you see a broken basketball goal in the park, ask why. Yep. And then ask, can you do something about it? Mm -hmm. And then ask, how to make sure that it doesn't happen again. <laughs> it's like, like all three of those are important. Not just like, I'm going to put up a basketball goal. You should probably find out why it's broken down. Exactly. And you yeah. should probably find, cause it's going to happen again. If yeah. you, if you don't, yeah. or it's at least likely, you know? Yeah. Hold, that's holy curiosity is so important because I feel like those of us who want to wear the, you know, the, the badge of missionary, if we don't listen and we just enter a place, we can do way more harm. Mm. Or we can be doing something that nobody asked for. Mm -hmm. Like nobody asked. So, so I remember um, there was this group that um, wanted to do some work in a community. And so they, uh, for actually a mentor of mine, he tells a story. He tells a story about this group that wanted to come in and clean up a neighborhood. There was so much trash. We're trying to come, can we bring some volunteers and clean up the trash? And the neighbor was like, no, like we can pick up our own trash. You know? So then the group's like, well, what do you need? And they're like, well, we need a safe place to do our laundry. Can you help us with that? Like, can you help us get some washing machines so that we can wash our clothes? Um, and actually, that's the story of how Lawndale Community Church started in, in you know, Wayne Gordon, um, in Lawndale, Southside, in, in Chicago. So listening. You know, um, listening to that place. I think one of the most dangerous things we can do is as disciple makers, as missionaries, is assume that we know what a place needs. Um, that's, again, colonized. That's a colonized way of doing missionary work. Yeah, we bring our ideas rather than listening. Listening to the community and joining what the community is doing. Yeah, I know we've told some stories on here before, even recently. Like, I confessed some terrible ways <laughs> that we tried to like bring help as another resource though when helping hurts he's got some great examples yeah. in there where it's like this sounds like it's gonna help i'm gonna go do this and it's like now you're actually limiting the people's capacity by bringing in the thing that you thought would help and um rob often tells a story about 
the work they were doing in southern India, and they built a house, and uh, nobody thought to ask anything. It was just like we're going to build a house because they need you know this, yeah. um, and it it was a need. But they built it with the door facing east or something like that. And they came back a year later, and every they was used as a storage thing. Mm-hmm. Like why why'd you why is no one living in here? It's like it's I don't know, bad luck or whatever, you know. It's like we can't live in there. The door faces east or something. I don't remember what it was specifically, but it was like, oh man, we probably should have asked which way we should have put the door. But it's like, but that's the hard work of you wouldn't have found that out for a long time, probably. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like a that's a detail that was probably one of those things that's like um nobody probably would have even thought to tell you that because it's just something that they don't do you know what i mean like it's so like you have to live there long enough that one day you go you know what i have never like all the doors are over here yeah is that a thing here right and it's like it took me five years to realize that or whatever it is absolutely absolutely I think that's another thing I, that's what that's like there's so much out of these peas you know that you can take you know take out so um when when Stephanie and I were you know so 10 years we've lived in in our community the first I mean we just said we're just gonna live here we're just gonna live we're just gonna be part of the community we're gonna join what the community is already doing crucial and it wasn't until and again I had mentioned in a previous conversation we did stuff nobody will show up we you know it's like okay but then it wasn't until one of our neighbors said hey we should do this thing I'm like, okay, let's do it. And then guess what? A bunch of people showed up, <laughs> you know, because it was like their idea, right? Um, so it's like, yeah, once we lay down our egos and our agendas and we're just willing to be present in this place, um, and 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 that work is so important because that's when the Lord gets to deal with us, our biases, our assumptions, like just just breaks that idea that we're the hero, <laughs> that we're going to come in and save the day. It's like, no, you're not the hero. Like what you're supposed to do is like in this place, discover what is, what's happening. Listen, um, there are people already have gifts. Like, so, so again, ties into the purpose. It takes time to be here to learn that and see it played out. Um, and then again, this plays out spiritual families, but then also like, how do I be intentional? Like when we were in the pandemic, this whole spiritual family emerged from this group that was meeting in a coffee shop and they were watching us online. <clears throat> and then once we started meeting together in person, this groups of folks showed up and realized they all lived in the same area. And it's like, okay, you all should probably do something over there, <laughs> you know? Um, so again, but place. Now encouraging them to walk and you know pray in their community. That's good, man. Well, let's uh let's throw the question out there for people to ponder. Um, where has God placed you? So yeah, I'm just like, first three so far, pray, discern purpose, and then discover place. Uh so hit pause again, ask the question. You know, think about all the spaces in which you exist. Now, for the underground, we're always saying live, work, learn, and play, right? Like that's not, that's not even, we didn't make that up. You see that on church websites all over the place, right? Uh, but where has God placed you? What does your workspace look like? 
walk it, learn it. What is, why, why is it, why is it built the way it is and laid out the way it is and cubicles where they are? Um, You know, what could be different, you know, with some holy imagination, Um, third spaces in which you exist, like, you know, is for whatever reason, people, I was here this like missional people are like, <clears throat> you know, like the softball team. Like I don't play softball, but whatever. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. like what, you know, the ballparks, like how, how, where do people flow through? And like, why does that matter? Like all of the stuff about a, a place matters. So think about where God has placed you, what he might be saying. And we'll be back next week with the final episode of the four P's of spiritual family. We'll be talking about people. Thanks for listening to the Underground Podcast. We hope that it's either been an encouragement to you or that it's created a curiosity about what it means to live into a missionary mindset with an aim to make disciples and see the church emerge. If you're a missionary or a microchurch in Kansas City and you're looking for coaching or just belonging within a network, we'd love to connect with you so we can learn about what you are doing and how you are joining Jesus for gospel saturation in this city. If you're outside the Kansas City area and have questions about what it would mean to catalyze a disciple-making movement that leads to the emergence of microchurches in every network within your city, we'd love to connect with you as well and offer whatever resources might be helpful to you. You can find out more at kcunderground.com. Grace and peace, friends.